0: yeah and then there's cauliflower pizza crust
1: cauliflower pizza crust that is absolute garbage yeah (laughs) (laughs) i
0: have yet to have a good one let's just put it that way yeah
1: we we made cauliflower pizza crust one time and cauliflower like bread hmm and we made grilled cheese sandwiches out of the cauliflower bread and that was really good. But I've never gotten cauliflower crust or bread to hold up. It always falls apart. Yeah. It's delicious. Yeah. It's fine. Like it tastes good, but it's, it, again, it's not a pizza. No. So if you rethink what you're eating and you're thinking about having like these like pizza style toppings on like a cauliflower rice kind of thing, mm-hmm. then it's delicious. Yeah. But it's not, it does, it's not reminiscent of that pizza experience to me at all. Definitely not. No, no. Welcome to Taste BC Radio where we're going on a journey to explore restaurants, breweries, wineries, and just about anywhere where you can eat and drink local. I'm Jeff.
0: And I'm Dan, and we are talking twice a month about local BC food and drink. If you want to join in on the conversation, follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Radio, or email us at host at tastebcradio.ca.
1: Alright, tasters, let's get into it.
0: So Jeff, I've just traveled back from Nova Scotia for the last couple of weeks, so I guess I would love to talk to you a little bit about that because that was my first time at the Mar- in the Maritimes, and it was awesome. I loved it. Amazing. Loved it every. For, well, first
1: of all, how how was flying?
0: Flying, uh, flying there was. We had to. I think they booked our. Well, we booked our flights, and it was like we only had forty five minutes to spare in between Toronto and Sydney, BC. So unfortunately, we had to. Switch our flights from Toronto to, and we had to go to Halifax because the next flight right to Sydney, Nova Scotia was 10 hours uh, So <laughs> after we landed. So we would have to stay in Toronto Pearson Airport for 10 hours and none of us wanted to do that. So we, we what we ended up doing was flying into Halifax and Corey's aunt was actually was kind enough to come out and drive the four hours to come pick us up. Uh, from
1: i would have i would have made the airline pay for my transit out there
0: oh yeah uh, that would have been a good idea i think we're just all like super stoked to get there so we weren't really thinking about that but the way back was smooth as smooth as anything we left from sydney nova scotia airport and we didn't even have like any delay i think there was like a half an hour delay like on the tarmac just waiting for just waiting in line to take off but other than that it was super smooth it was no baggage issues no no we had we never lost a single piece of luggage uh-huh. uh, yeah it was wild
1: anybody like struggling with masks because they're still required
0: no no everybody like behaved themselves on the plane too because you always see like Amazing. these horror stories of people just losing their minds on planes and like that's a bit of a like a st- stressful situation obviously but mm-hmm. like no everybody was i think people have come to just expect like it's gonna be a little bumpy <laughs> yeah um anyway uh the trip to Nova Scotia was beautiful, getting back to back on topic. I had never been to the Maritimes before and uh this was a amazing opportunity to travel with Corey and her uh dad and stepmom to, to Nova Scotia and visit Cape Breton and most specifically Sydney, Cape and Cape Breton, where her father grew up. So that was a really cool experience. We got to go to uh, and see the piece of land that he uh that he grew up in with his six other siblings. And unfortunately, obviously the house isn't still there because this was quite a number of years ago, but we were able to walk around the property where they grew up and like it was reminiscing on old memories and they had like a, a gravel pit kind of close to their property that they would as kids would just go out there and spend all day just doing whatever right and uh, so it was really it was a really cool experience um obviously i took the opportunity to check out the local craft beer scene and uh cider is a big big thing over there as well i really enjoyed a lot of what they were doing over in the east coast i found their their IPAs are less about the hoppiness than the West Coast and more about the flavor behind it with a little bit of hops mm-hmm. at the end, which I greatly appreciated. Yeah, and, yeah. And uh, there are some good breweries out there, some really good. Maybe we'll do a, like a special episode and I can talk a little bit more, but obviously we're focused more on BC, BC stuff. But maybe. Stay yeah. tuned. Stay tuned. It might happen. It might. Taste NS Radio. (laughs) That'll be the name of the episode. There you go. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it was was a wonderful, wonderful trip. We got to go up to the Cabot Trail, which embarrassingly, I always thought was an actual walking trail. But it turns out it's actually a road that you just loops around Cape Breton or like the northern part of Cape Breton. So it was a stunning, stunning trip because you're just driving basically along the cliffs right on the right on the edge of the Atlantic Ocean so it kind of it gives me the vibes of like Southern Cal or California the 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 ocean kind of view the one that the highway that runs just along the ocean where you're kind of weaving uh, around the, yep. the cliff edge so oh it was yep. just stunning and we had great weather the the entire trip other than the last couple of days which were a little bit cool but not Nothing too bad. I ended up. We ended up running in the Fiddlers Run Half Marathon, which is kind of a staple run over in uh, in Sydney, Nova Scotia, and uh, it was a lot of fun. Big family event. Like a lot of the family did the five k or uh, walk and ten k run, and Corey and I did the half marathon uh, with her dad and two of his brothers. So that was pretty. It was a pretty cool experience overall. And getting to explore a new province is always really really fun so
1: yeah it's too bad you didn't live a little bit northeast of where you do because then you could say that you went from sydney to sydney
0: Uh, (laughs) to be fair we flew from sydney to sydney technically so there you go
1: (laughs) (laughs) i love going back and like seeing places like that i remember when i was substantially younger i got to go see the farm where my or the my dad's dad's side of the family grew up and spent a lot of time and it's just such a different change of pace. Yeah. It's in Saskatchewan and it but it was like Saskatchewan of Rolling Hills. Right. It wasn't like Saskatchewan of like flat, flat, flat. So it was really cool because you could kinda we were like on the top of this it wasn't even really a hill, it's like a mound, and you could just see all the way out. Just stunning. Yeah. Just to know the history there and to kind of go back to like your quote, like roots. Yeah. Obviously for you it's it's on Corey's side of the family, but still to see that kind of history you hear stories and to be able to put the place to the name and yeah it's just it's always just so magical
0: oh absolutely yeah no i completely agree it's uh it was just a a very very amazing experience to be able to because you you hear all sorts of stories about the them growing up and then to be able to actually be there uh is is really cool it's kind of like traveling in time for them and then you get to kind of share in the their Uh, their childhood a little bit and so i found it just an amazing experience and the family over there was so welcoming and we were having like big family gatherings like almost every night and uh, (laughs) spending a lot of time together so it was it was uh it was an amazing trip yeah highly recommend
1: your photos look like you guys had a great time yeah it was really fun yeah
0: Yeah. i'd definitely go back
1: um and you crushed the race too
0: again like i started off way too fast again which which i keep doing well yeah it was really funny i had i was very clearly hydrated very well like almost too well (laughs) so like so two kilometers in i just had to go to the bathroom so bad and it wasn't until halfway up an entire like up the biggest mountain or mountain up the biggest hill of the race where they had uh restrooms to stop and so i like ran in there like i was like come on let's go let's go let's go and then uh one of uh cory's uncles like passed me as i was in the washroom and like it just my <laughs> competitive nature i just like ran as hard as i could like to catch up and pass them and uh like it just ruined me for the rest of the <laughs> for the rest of the race
1: that's the difference between road races and trail races, right? Oh, trail absolutely. Race, you're in a bathroom.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's a little bit more frowned upon if you do that in uh, road racing.
1: <laughs> well, that sounds like a ton of fun. Yeah. You know, we, we missed you back here, but I mean, it didn't really make a difference to how much I see you. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but yeah, it's great to hear about.
0: So today we're doing pizzas, Jeff. One of my, I th- I think pizza is literally like the perfect food. It has every, it has potentially every food group in it. So it could technically be a health <laughs> food. I that's that's my pitch. Uh, what do you think?
1: Yeah, totally. Um, I mean, we talked about last week eating cold pizza. Yeah, but uh, this week we actually get to talk about eating hot pizza. Excellent. So that's exciting.
0: Excellent. Typically my favorite, I prefer hot pizza, even microwaved pizza to cold pizza, but I can appreciate the cold <laughs> pizza once in a while.
1: Do you have a favorite uh, style of pizza, like region?
0: Um, that's a really good question. I'm really, I think it's a, it's really become, it's really become a staple in Victoria to have uh Italian or napoli style pizzas so like that kind of thin crust okay. but thin could that thin crust with ca- with a wood or stone fired kind of cooking style so that is kind of what i lean towards and uh i'll kind of talk a little bit more about that with my pizzeria so
1: what are your go-to toppings
0: uh honestly i am loving like barbecue chicken and, like, kind of and uh, Hawaiian style. So, like, barbecue chicken with, like, pineapple. I know it's super controversial. And so we're starting off very controversial in this episode. <laughs> I do enjoy pineapple on pizza with a nice, sweet, like, barbecue sauce and chicken. Maybe even some corn in there is kind of sweet corn is really nice. And peppers and, oh, yeah. All, all that stuff. So you're a pro-pineapple. I am a pro-pineapple. I've been seeing, like... Yeah,
1: I'm also a pro-pineapple.
0: Nice. Excellent. Um, I've been seeing people putting, like, cucumber or pickles on pizza, and I'm like, this is where, like, the Hmm. non-pineapple and pineapple people need to, like, rally and stand united against this atrocity, because that sounds just (laughs) disgusting.
1: Yeah, fair enough.
0: What is the actual official definition of pizza? Do you know?
1: Uh, So, yeah, I don't know off the top of my head, but it's something along the lines of uh, it has to be 11 dough, it has to be between 10 and 12 inches, it has to be cooked between 45 and 60 seconds at 600 degrees Fahrenheit, something along those lines. And obviously, the vast majority of pizzas that we eat in North America are not of that denomination, especially once you start to include things like deep dish pizza or even really just like any kind of pizza at all, because traditionally the Nepalese pizza will ha- be very saucy and almost like soupy in the middle, and you'd have to eat it with a knife and a fork or, or just tear it in bits. In hmm. a lot of Italian versions of pizza, it's not even served cut. It's just served as a whole pie, and then you either get scissors or you just rip it with your hands. And when we were in Naples, that's how we got our pizzas, and it was um, tasty. But I kind of just prefer my pies to be cut so that I can eat them, <laughs> pick them up and eat them. So Fair enough. What's your favorite bite of pizza?
0: Ooh, that's a really good question. It's either, so I have two favorite parts. My first is like the first bite. I really like the just right at the beginning and you get like all the yeah. all the, the main ingredients and in the sauce and you get to your first taste of the dough. But I also really like right at the end when you get the last little bit of ingredients or like toppings, I should say, and then the first bite of the crust. I don't know why. Yes,
1: that's what I was going to say too. Nice, like- I'm actually, I I could cut the, circ- the middle part out of a pizza and not have it. I I actually prefer like the halfway point to the end. Yeah. Yeah, I like the wide part right by the crust, and you start to get the crust, and you get some of those little, yes. like, this the slightest bit of burn on the crust, but not, like, it's not burn, it's just those little air bubbles that kind of uh, pop, and they just have that little bit of, like, smoke... Kind of like when you burn a marshmallow and it has that like carbonization on it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love it. That's the best.
0: Oh, it's so good, so good. And
1: then and then and then you just you're left with like three quarters of the crust, and then you just take that and you just dunk it in ranch, and you just get ranch with a side of pizza crust.
0: So good. I, well, I'm curious <laughs> if they if any of like these small pizzerias will try their hand at like stuffed crust, or is that like I I don't know. I remember stuffed crust when I was a kid, and I was like, oh this yeah, is so good. It doesn't have to be cheese. It could be something else as well. I don't. I don't know.
1: I think what they should do, they should make um, like calzone stuff crust. Yeah. So it's like full pizzas. In it and you just have this massive crust but the problem with it is the crust they don't cook evenly so you you have you can't do like a thin crust you can't you has to be this really like rugged crust and then and then you're looking at a really dry crust you're looking at the middle being overcooked so but that'd be really fun to have like a really like 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 a like a, like a pizza roll almost as the crust that would bit. be awesome
0: could you <laughs> actually so i love how it's funny when you say like cut the inside of the pizza out could you yeah. with that theory cook the crust on its own and somehow be able to connect it to the pizza at a later time? So then you can have the evenly cooked or like a pizza bagel. A pi- <laughs> well, yeah, it's a p- pizza donut hole basically. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I don't know if you could do that, but you might be able to cook like mini calzones or like pizza pockets and then place them on the crust and cook it as like an ingredient. Oh, That would be. So... And then it could be like a pull away. Oh,
0: that be That'd be so pretty cool. Good.
1: There's one pizza I saw one time where they they snip the ends of the crust and then they fold them into, like, triangles. And so you have this, it's almost like um like it looks like a gear where it has, like, teeth on the end. And so, like, you had these, like, bites of stuffed crust, but it was also, like, pull away. Yeah, it was really interesting. That's
0: so cool. It sounds <laughs> so good. <laughs> They're, like, mini pizzas on top of the pizza. Yeah. Oh, I love yeah. that.
1: So we're not just talking about pizza... Because we are hungry. So, Dan, have you been having any good pizza lately?
0: I have. Yes, I have. And I'm really excited to talk about this place because it has become a staple, not just for me, but for my family. Anytime we go out for pizza, it seems to be uh, we go up to this place. So this place is, it was opened in 2017 up in Langford. I'm kind of. I've realized I've gone into. Oh, you're
1: of, doing all Langford these days. Exactly.
0: Yeah, I was just gonna say. Last time was a Langford. You need spot to get out and, more. Yeah, <laughs> hey, that is a far drive for us Victorians to go out to Langford. So I don't go out to Langford oh, just 15 for 15 minutes. Place. But i definitely go out for to Langford for this pizza joint, that's for sure. So it's called 900 Degrees Wood-Fired Pizzeria. It opened in 2017, like I said. What it does really well, which is kind of following a bit of a trend in Victoria, is it does wood-fire pizzas. So like the name says, they cook their pizzas apparently at 900 degrees in a wood-fire...
1: Is this Is this a chain?
0: I don't think it is, no.
1: They've, I think there's a place in the States, there's like a small chain that's called Nine or, oh, maybe it's 800 degrees.
0: Oh, maybe. Yeah, no, uh, they... I think there's this. That's funny. They, uh, they actually, I didn't know this until um, I started researching this place a little bit more, but they're opening a new spot in Sydney, which is great. Um, so, what, so what they pride themselves on is they do the wood-fired pizza, and so, so it's... Very much thin crust, and got that really nice uh, kind of burnt bubbles of the palate cleansers, and they're yeah. is really really good. What they do really well is all of their dough is made in house, and all of their ingredients are fresh, organic, and local. What I found really interesting, and I didn't know this until, like I said, I researched it, is that their the wood that they get uh, is locally sourced and sustainably sourced from the island. So I was like, what. Amazing. Yeah. So I thought Sweet. that was kind of yeah. a neat little detail. I didn't know that. A um, couple of really cool things that they do. So they do their traditional thin crust, which is a Neapolitan style pizza, uh, kind of 12 inches. So really nice for one or, or two people. But they also offer like New York style. So a little bit hmm. larger uh sorry thicker it's a little bit thicker and with a crisp and smoky wood scented crust which is kind of nice and they also offer a uh, gluten-free dough that is made in-house by hand the owner and executive chef his son unfortunately was diagnosed with celiac disease when uh, when he was 5 and so he and one of his favorite foods was pizza at the time so he the owner and uh the owner went out of his way to figure out a way to make a really, really good gluten-free pizza dough for his right. son. And so he uses it as well in his restaurant. And I personally haven't tried it, but uh, it gets rave, rave, rave reviews. Uh, like a lot yeah, of people yeah. come from far and wide to to buy his his uh, gluten-free crust. So it it's obviously very, very well done. So I'll have to try it one time. Um, I don't don't try a lot of gluten-free stuff, so I wouldn't really have anything to compare it to.
1: Well, all you have to compare it to is, is it good or not? Yeah. It's not about, at least in my eyes, it's not about, does A taste like B? Mm -hmm. It should just be about, does it taste good? And maybe it doesn't taste exactly like a traditional pizza crust, but if it tastes good, then who cares?
0: Exactly. And I'm kind of in that mentality and I really need to stop and just be like, does this taste good? Yes or no? Super simple. Right. Way more simple. Yeah. I don't need to compare it um so there you go a little bit of growth for dan to work on (laughs) when you look at the menu they they kind of split their their pizzas into three kind of sections you've got your red sauce pizzas so you've got basically their homemade organic tomato sauce they have pesto based pizzas and then they have their their white sauce pizzas which is local island cream and fresh mozzarella they actually make uh, their pesto uh, in house as well. One of my favorite is called the sofia and it's uh got Parmigiano, asparagus, zucchini, bell peppers, red onions, garlic, chipotle pepper flakes, organic pine nuts, and a fig balsamic v- reduction. And on the like wow. uh wood burned, not wood burnt, but like the thin crust pizza, the Neapolitan it's, style it, pizza. It, it,
1: it's called wood fired pizza.
0: Thank you, <laughs> wood yeah. fired pizza. It's just a really really good. Really good pizza. Yeah. It kind of ticks all the boxes for me. It's really, and it's like fully vegetarian. So it's really, uh, lots of people can have it. And the pesto sauce that is underneath is absolutely spectacular. Right. When they first opened, they won a bunch of awards for throughout the island, including the best thin crust pizza on the island. Uh, through ctv yeah. news vancouver island and what it's it's called the genovese and it's a pesto based pizza that has house fennel sausage sausage pepperoni uh hot calabrese, salami crispy prosciutto bacon and pickled red onions so
1: holy smokes
0: yeah i don't know if i've mentioned this on the show yet but uh i can't really eat uh beef or pork these days just it hurts my gut a little bit too much but that makes me want to risk it all for it <laughs> That (laughs) just sounds so good. One of my favorite ones is actually one of their red, other than the Sophia, the other, like, my favorite red sauce one is their Fungi Pizza. Uh, They do like a creamy. Cremini mushroom, garlic, thyme, Parmigiano, and finish with a lemon olive oil on top. Wow. Other than pizzas, what they kind of offer on their menus is they have some salads as well, and they have some hot uh, appetizers, including like Neapolitan meatballs, which sounds really good. They do a scorched tomatoes, which is Roma tomatoes, ashed goat cheese, chipotle flakes, house made pesto, candied walnuts, big and a fig balsamic on garlic with garlic bread. So. Yeah. Which sounds really Yum. really good. We normally get caprese salad as well. They offer five different salads. There's a caprese, an organic broccolini salad, nine hundred degree salad, and as obviously a Caesar salad and a arugula salad. So it's uh, it's got a little bit of something for everybody. All of their stuff is organic, uh, and their sauces and doughs are all made in house, which I always appreciate as well. It's it, and you can tell every time, every bite is delicious. Their their dough is yeah, yeah. is fantastic, and it's and it's cooked like perfectly every time. You get a little bit of those kinda, those burnt bubbles that you can get on the pizza, which I really like. Even better, they uh, offer all their doughs pre made uh, that you can buy in this in the restaurant. Their sauces are all available for purchase and their house made leaven olive oil is available. They do a 900 degree chili oil as well. And their house made pesto is also available to buy within the restaurant. So wow. you can, awesome. you can make like 900 degree pizza in your house if you wanted to minus the 900 degree wood fire pizza. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Pizzeria. Yeah. That
1: would be tricky because with a thin crust, you need a really hot oven. Mm-hmm. And so what happens is they. the, well first of all a wood-fired oven is really 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 difficult to keep a consistent temperature so Mm -hmm. it's incredible that they're doing that yeah but what happens too is they have it's called a stone right and so you might know this from cooking at home you can get like a pizza stone for your oven you pop it in and do whatever but that'll be built into the oven and so they keep the flame on one side the flame would wrap around the dome yeah not wrap around but like the heat would come down from the dome and so on the on the if the flame's on the left-hand side, then on the right-hand side you would have the most indirect heat, and then as you get closer to the flame, you get the more direct heat. Yeah. But then the stone heats up as well. So if it weren't for that, you the bottom of the pizza dough would get really soggy, and and the the moisture from the sauce would seep through it. So it's really important to have that really hot stone as well. But traditionally, with especially a thin crust pizza like that, it would go in probably around the middle part of the oven. It would get rotated only once, about. You know, thirty seconds into cooking, it would finish cooking, and within like twenty seconds after that, and come right back out. Yeah. And just the residual heat on the stone, plus the indirect heat coming over the dome, and then the direct heat crisping up the crust, yeah, will cause that to crispen up. Whereas you get something like Panago style pizza, where they actually run it on a conveyor belt, so they can get direct heat on the bottom of the, of the dough. But then they have to have a much more resilient dough for that. Yeah. So if the Panago style cooking would never be able to, um survive in one of those 900 degree ovens but conversely the other way around it wouldn't work either so the dough is so the cooking style has to mesh with the dough and the dough has to mesh with the cooking style otherwise your pizza is just going to be trash one way or the other so it's really cool what they're doing and obviously different from a lot of places because running an oven first of all with live fuel like wood or versus gas is a totally different experience and requires a whole lot more training for their staff. And then also running something that hot is, um, very difficult to do and, and maintain. So really cool what they're doing there.
0: Yeah. And uh, uh, for, through previous conversations, they have an open kitchen that you can see. So you're just watching them make yeah. pizzas. So I know that's a bit, you, you love the open kitchen concept because you get to watch it. I do, yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> Judge. Then, yeah, I was just going to say, yeah, you get to sit there and critique them the whole time. <laughs>
1: As if I knew any better.
0: There, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. This place does it really, really well. Langford seems to be adding a lot of really good restaurants um, and kind of of um, going in a different direction compared to what it used to be. So there used to be a lot of just kind of, I don't know, big box restaurants, if you will, like uh, Milestones and White Spot, that kind of, those kind of things. So it's really nice to see. And that's why I like to highlight these smaller restaurants that are doing really amazing things within Langford and doing it really well and succeeding uh, across the board. Definitely. If you're ever in the Langford area and want some really amazing pizzas, 900 degrees is located at 101B 2401 Millstream Avenue. So it's kind of in a within a big strip mall. So, definitely definitely worth driving out to Langford for, which is honestly not that Amazing. far when you think about it, but us Victorians were I don't know. I don't know why, but it seems like a long journey for us.
1: <laughs> yeah. The whole 15 minutes. The
0: whole 15 minutes, yeah. Yeah. <sighs> <laughs>
1: That's all right, sometimes I don't want to go to the grocery store and it's like not even five minutes away so <laughs>
0: <laughs> classic all right, well, it's one of my favorite parts of the uh of the episode. I get to ask you what you've been shoving down your gullet this week.
1: <laughs> that's right, and you know historically, we've done a lot of drinks with this, but I'm actually going to go with a food item this Ooh. time well. I guess to talk about this food item, I have to talk about the food truck. No history or anything. Just this truck shows up at some of the breweries I go to sometimes. And it's called Top Rope Birria. And Dan, do you know what a Birria taco is? No. Okay, so a Birria taco is when they take a corn shell and they dip it in a beef stock, basically. It's like like a beef consomme or a beef stock. Yeah. It's usually clarified and it's usually at they they add a bunch of like dried chilies for flavor and and get get its flavor content up so traditionally there's like three four to five even more chilies in it so you'd have like guajillo chilies anaheim chilies pasillas you know those kinds of like really like smoky dried sometimes really spicy sometimes not as spicy chilies cooked into it and so really really deep rich beefy Spicy, smoky broth, and they dip the corn tortillas in that, and then they put it on the flat top with some cheese, and they fold it over. And traditionally, it's with stewed and shredded lamb, but most places use beef now, or at least in my neck of the woods. Right. Most places will use beef, partly because it's cheaper, and partly because it's more approachable for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And those are cooked with like a onion, garlic, cinnamon, really kind of aromatic tomato, really rich sauce, and they're cooked down and stewed in that and then again the chilies as well brought into it and and then it's kind of shredded and so that and cheese go into this soaked shell that's folded over and then it's grilled on both sides until the cheese is like really melty the tortilla gets it back a bit of that crispness but all that flavor is incorporated in it and that's that's the the only ingredients sometimes you get a little bit of white onion sometimes you get some cilantro on it but but yeah that's it Often people will serve it with side of salsa because that's how we know how to eat tacos in this country. But this place, Top Rope birria, that's the only thing they sell. Sometimes right. they have specials. Some, they have like chips and salsa and they have sometimes like a nacho plate and they have like a couple different versions of... So yeah. the, the one I'm talking about specifically is a queso birria, which is queso obviously means cheese in Spanish. So queso birria is one that comes with cheese. You can also just get a traditional birria, which doesn't come with cheese. And that's the only thing they sell. With the exception, of course, of, you know, like I said, chips and salsa, whatever. They have that, and then they have a vegan version, which is done with mushrooms. The guy running it, uh, I didn't actually grab his name, but is so enthusiastic and high energy and so engaging when you go there. He's got a friend that makes some kimchi and makes some hot sauce Mm -hmm. and he serves that on the truck and the hot sauce is just dynamite and he's really into wrestling, like WWE. And so he's got like posters of like old WWE characters all over his truck and stuff. But what really makes this burrito special. Yeah. And I don't know if this is unique to him or if it's just something that he's really good at is he does a cheese skirt and what a cheese skirt is is you put cheese on the flat top grill Mm -hmm. until it gets sizzly and bubbly like picture like cheese that you put in the microwave or you put in a frying pan just by itself it gets like sizzly and bubbly and then he puts the birria taco in it and then wraps it up so the taco is wrapped with melted cheese which is like fried on the outside so it's like still hard and like you can like pick up with your hands and so that's a cheese skirt. So essentially, what you're eating is beef and cheese, maybe onion, wrapped in a beef soaked taco shell wrapped in melted cheese. Oh my gosh. And it God. is unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. And we had it for the first time a couple of weeks ago. And we were just like, oh my goodness. You know, it was like that kind of thing where like you had like a little bit of like fat on your lips and your hands, and you're just like, I am so happy right now. (laughs) And, And it's just, it's so, the depth of flavor is just so good. Smokiness and a little bit of the spice. And it's not too spicy. He does a really good job of making it approachable. I wouldn't say... Like, for me, I love spice, so it, it doesn't come across as spicy at all. Right. But you can tell that there's a hint of heat to it from the peppers. Yeah, but really, really rich, especially with the cheese skirt on it. You have that kind of really rich... It's definitely a very luxurious meal to have. The first time we got it, I got pickled vegetables with it, like a side of pickled vegetables, the hot sauce, and the uh, salsa. But it was so flavorful, I didn't need, really need anything but the hot sauce, so I just eat the pickled vegetables as a palate cleanser. Didn't really need the salsa, so I just saved it for something else, which was really good salsa. Oh, and berias are served with a bit of the consomme on the side as well. So you huh. take that whole thing, and then you dip it in the beef juice, basically. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's it, like you treat it like like a French dip, right? So you get meat, cheese, wrapped in meat bread wrapped in cheese dipped in meat juice Oh my God and it's so so good so oh yeah my word. so needless to say we went back and uh, almost went again yesterday but uh, the timing just didn't work out but yeah <laughs> definitely worth checking out. It's not an everyday food because it is so rich, but it's the kind of thing that, you know, once you've had it, you just can't get enough yeah. of it,
0: so... It's like an experience food, basically.
1: Definitely. But Top Rope Area does such a good job of it. And then the whole experience, you know, you walk up to the truck and it's are so friendly and just, uh-huh. yeah.
0: That's awesome. Maybe we'll have to do a food truck episode then.
1: Oh, yeah. I'd love to. I... I... I I love food trucks. Oh, they're so great. I love food trucks so much, yeah.
0: It reminds me of our trip to Portland with the food truck parking lot. Yeah. So good.
1: Yeah, definitely. All right, Dan, make me thirsty.
0: (laughs) That I can do, definitely, with this one. Um, So uh, my wife and I went to a a relatively new brewery, like, open this year uh, out in Sydney, which is kind of turning into this uh, little hub of a bunch of breweries all of a sudden like they've had two or three new breweries or at least two new breweries within the last 2 years and this one just opened up beside the newer one and it's called small small gods brewing and we've been kind of wanting to try this for a little bit of time basically since we heard it was opening you know what you know how it is. When you see a new brewery opening up, you're like, Oh, well, I gotta go there. I gotta go there really yeah. soon. <laughs> so we went there. Of course. They do so many so many good bre- beers. Like I I gave multiple perfect scores on my rating app when we tasted there. But I really have to talk about this one specifically. The this one might have been my favorite beer of all time. Um,
1: wow, that's a lot. Yeah. That's a big statement.
0: It is. Yeah. And it, it get, it's what it's called it's called Dawn and it is a caramel macchiato nitro blonde. Oh. So, wow. Yeah. So it's it pours like a really nice gold kind of ha- a little bit hazy and then you have a really nice smooth nitro uh foam on top. When you take when you taste it, it is it's got the depth of a stout or a porter in terms of deep flavor profile. You get a little touch of sweetness with the caramel and then it smooths into this coffee finish and It is absolutely stunning how good it is uh I yeah, um, it
1: sounds fantastic.
0: Yeah, and you get the smoothness of the nitro, which just makes everything feel like creamy and and smooth. And it was one of those beers that you could drink any time of the year because you in the in the in the fall and winter. I think I've said this before, but I really like warm, like deep flavors and something that like you drink in front of the fireplace on a cool or a cold winter evening and and uh and yet somehow it was refreshing because it was a blonde enough that I could drink it in the summer as well 100% and be very refreshed yeah it's a weird it was yeah. a, it was an aw- it, it was a different combination something i've never tasted before but my goodness did they do a really really good job and they're putting themselves in a really good position to be a top brewery in victoria for sure and even on the island i would say
1: yeah, you you caught me off guard when you said blonde, because all that stuff I thought was leading up to porter or stout.
0: So did I. And then, so when I saw it, I was like, oh, wow. And then I tasted it, and I was like, this tastes like a stout. You know those, like, blonde stouts you can get, and they're, you can get that deep flavor profile with just, like, it feels lighter to drink, like a lighter beer? Right. It was exactly yeah. that with Really, really nice caramel malt undertones and, and a coffee finish and just like the smoothest yeah. cup of coffee you've drank in your life. It was absolutely spectacular. Wow. Um, I think it's a fairly new one. I really hope it becomes a staple for them. I worry that it's just a seasonal and they won't do it again because I really want to get more of it <laughs> just so I can yeah. stock up on it.
1: Were you able to buy them in cans?
0: I didn't see them in cans at the time, unfortunately. So hmm. hopefully they, uh, they'll they start canning it. I didn't see it. Doesn't mean they don't have it. They could have sold out, sold out of it by the time I was there, but you never know.
1: Right. What's the place called again? It's
0: called Small Gods. I, I don't want to talk too much about the brewery because I might have to talk about it. Like I said, they do multiple beers that right, got yeah, yeah, yeah. perfect scores from me so and i don't think that's happened actually before usually that's
1: that's on um what is that on on, untapped you use yeah
0: yeah yeah. of the do you want to
1: do you want to plug your handle in case anyone wants to follow you
0: (laughs) i think it's just my is that how it
1: works i don't know i don't use it
0: i'm honestly it's just my dad and i who are competing to taste more beers than the other
1: Can you like follow each other on Untappd? Oh
0: yeah, yeah. Like I get notified when he rates a beer, and uh, he uh, gets notified when I do. You should get on Untappd. I'm surprised you're not. I
1: know. You should. I, know. I just. Okay, fine. I'll do it. Do it. Do we'll it. We'll report back. We'll report back in next episode on how um, how it's going. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We should have. We should have a, a TasteBC Untapped profile.
0: We should. We really should.
1: And then you, you or I, whoever just logs into it and does the
0: just rates whenever. We talk about a brewery that's been on the show. It'd be great.
1: Or just anytime we go to a brewery. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Little bonus content.
0: Ooh. All right. Look for that in the future. Well, what kind of, what, what place do you have for us today?
1: So I have a quite new pizza joint. It is in Burnaby. It's called Wildflower Pizza. Flower being F-L-O-U-R. mm so they actually opened in April of this year, 2022. Oh, wow. So they've, only, they've been around for, what, uh, six months now? Holy moly. And they were started by Clay Spaulding and Stephen Che. Mm-hmm. And Stephen Che is the head chef. And funny enough, actually, I used to work at a restaurant in Deep Cove, which is no longer there. They ended up selling to a new restaurant mm-hmm. called Scratch Kitchen. And Scratch Kitchen is the original restaurant of Clay Spaulding. And wanting to have everything made from scratch, local ingredients, really high quality ingredients. And he found this location and said that it's this great, great spot. Like, there's not a ton of restaurants around in that area. So this is kind of the, like niche market for that in that spot. Mm-hmm. And when he hired Chef Stephen Che, they kind of fell in love with the idea of building out pizzas. Mm. And so they... Uh, They have pizzas on their menu there, but they wanted to create a project that was only pizzas. So then they opened this location, uh, Wildflower Pizza, in North Burnaby. It's just off of Loheed, kind of halfway between Brentwood and Production Way.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah.
1: So what they do differently, which is really cool, is they make a sourdough crust. Ooh. So they make out their sourdough, whatever, and they form that into the crust and then they put these really high quality ingredients in it and they make some really unique pizzas. They have something for everybody. They have a gluten-free crust as well. They have house-made cashew mozzarella, which they can use in lieu of their cheeses. You can do garlic crust, which I actually didn't even know about until I started looking at this. And I, I believe what they do is they, you know, p- garlic butter their crust so that it's like a little bit more flavorful. Hmm. I've had them a couple times and first of all their location it's counter service it kind of is reminiscent of like going into like a domino's or a panago or whatever it's you walk in and you have the the counter where they're making the pizzas um their hand stretching the doughs they're putting on all the fresh ingredients and they're putting it into their forno that they have there mm-hmm. they're really high temperature so it gets this beautiful texture on the outside with a with a really nice chew on the inside of the dough, plus it's the sourdough, so it has a really, really nice crumb in it, and it's really durable. It has a little bit of a floppy center, mm. so it's kind of, it's a little bit reminiscent of the Napoli-style pizza. They're a little bit smaller than the pies you would get in Naples, which were often, like, 20-inch ones. Mm. So it um, it's... It's a twelve inch pizza dough so it's super manageable. You could have one to yourself if you wanted or you get a couple for sharing uh It definitely could be split between you and another person, but it wouldn't be like a full meal in that situation, right. but they're really rich and flavor- flavorful so it it is definitely that s- satisfying. but you go in and it's like this really bright space kind of on this really miniature strip mall it's just like a subway and then I think a flower shop and then them yeah staff super friendly super knowledgeable uh i've only there are a couple like bar seats that you can sit at and eat there but uh, i think most of their business is takeout doordash whatever they have some really really great flavor combinations that are just really high quality they're the kind that you might see a pub try to do and it be okay but they do it like really good quality so it works out beautifully my favorite is the fungi it's White sauce, mozzarella, caramelized onion, roasted mushrooms, rosemary and fresh thyme, lemon zest, and grated Asiago on it. And so you get this really, you get a bit of sweetness from the caramelized onions. You get this really earthiness from the mushrooms. You get that rosemary and thyme herbaceousness. And then the lemon just kind of makes it pop with the citrus notes, the lemon zest. And it all just works so beautifully together. They also have a blue pear, which is white sauce, mozzarella, roasted pears, gorgonzola, picante, which is, um, a mild blue cheese, caramelized onions, arugula, and thyme-burnt honey. Ooh. So they kind of smoke the thyme and infuse it in the honey, and they drizzle that on top, and then it's fresh arugula on top after it's been cooked. So you get that light pepperiness from the arugula. You get the sweetness from the honey. You get that really kind of pungentness from the gorgonzola, but not so much as overwhelming. And then the roast pears, uh, obviously blue cheese and pears is a classic combination. Yeah. They have a butter paneer, which is like butter chicken sauce on naan bread kind of style crust. Yeah. So very like Indian curry style inspired. And then, of course, you can build your own. And they have, you know, a ton of different toppings that you can add on, including potatoes, jalapenos, pineapples, of course, (laughs) and impossible sausage for people that don't eat meat as well. And then their house made um, cashew mozzarella.
0: A hey, quick question, somewhat on topic, but kind of off topic. What are your thoughts on the Impossible products? Um, Have you had much experience with them?
1: Yeah, yeah. Impossible, impossible is really good for people that want to explore cutting back their meat consumption. Mm-hmm. But it's not, it's not designed for vegans or vegetarians. It actually has a, a worse environmental impact than mm-hmm. just not eating beef. Oh. So it's designed for people that are wanting to reduce their environmental impact or reduce their meat consumption for health reasons or whatever. They're good. Yeah. They're good if they're done properly. They can be really nasty if they're not done properly. I think that it's great to have the options, but when people rely on it as a crutch, I I, I see too many places that are just using it because they're uninspired to do anything else. Right. So, you know, it's great that Impossible is in Burger King and that A and W is using a Beyond Patty and they have these options. But what I would rather see is just like a really good veggie burger. Yeah. Because I would I would rather have a Portobello cap any day over an impossible burger. Yeah. But the convenience of it is great. And if you're trying to do something that's crowd pleasing, you know, the impossible burger on a charcoal barbecue is unbelievably good. Yeah. Unbelievably good. And indistinguishable from a beef patty. Yeah. But the thing is, is, you know, if you have a vegan or a vegetarian who doesn't eat meat and now they start eating that all the time, they've actually worsened what they're doing for the environment. And if, if that's, you know, their motivator. Yeah. So um, and in a lot of cases for their health, the, the the health stats of those products are quite comparable to the health stats of the original. Yeah. So whether it's the conventional meat or the alternative meat. Anyway, that's my opinion. Fair that's enough. My opinion yeah, on. no,
0: no. I didn't yeah. actually know that, so that's good to know. That's good to keep in mind, for sure.
1: Yeah. If if you treat it the way it is, which is highly processed food, mm-hmm. and you eat it in the context that it is highly processed food, just like a hot dog or deli meat or whatever else, yeah. then it's perfectly fine in your diet. Yeah. And there's no problem with it. And if you need something like that to transition away from eating meat, if that's what you're wanting to do. Then there's nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. But the goal shouldn't be just to trade it one for one with the meats. Right. Because that's not going to actually benefit anybody. No. Well, it's obviously it'll benefit the animals, but it won't benefit, you know, society as as a whole.
0: Mm. Nice. Okay. Good to keep in mind. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Anyway, so really kind of classic pairings, but maybe taken kind of out of context, like for example, the butter paneer, you know, butter masala sauce you wouldn't expect to be on a pizza but it works so perfectly on there because it's this really spicy fragrant sauce on basically like a garlic naan bread And so it's very reminiscent of having that kind of Indian food experience, but as a pizza and like finger food. And I love like mixing that kind of stuff up. One time at home, I made a Thai yellow curry, but then I kind of reduced it down and I made it into a sauce and I made a flatbread. And so I made a Thai yellow curry flatbread. And so it had pieces of tofu and red pepper and bamboo shoots and potato and, you know, everything that you would expect into, and even, even like the, like the crinkle cut carrots. So everything you'd expect in there. and then instead of being served on rice it was served on a flatbread and it was awesome it was so good and having that kind of mind trickery happening on a pizza is really really cool because yes barbecue chicken pizza is delicious but you can only have it so many times before you're wanting to you know try something else so
0: (laughs) wow wow
1: don't throw your hands up at me
0: (laughs) <laughs> Just dragging my favorite pizza through the mud are we? I see how it is.
1: I mean, there's a time and a place and there's different kinds of pizzas, right? Like you can have you can have this kind of pizza on Monday and then you can have another kind of pizza on another day from another place that has a totally different crust and a totally different style of toppings and then you can have like a panego yeah. and then you can have what and you've had five different types of pizza and yes, they're bread with s- toppings on top. But it's a whole different experience and they're only attached together by kind of the process. And so I'm not knocking the barbecue chicken pizza, but this pizza is one of my favorite in the city right now. And a lot of it has to do with the crumb of the the dough and just the care that's put into it. Mm -hmm. It's the kind where it has a very intentional crust. And... Growing up my dad was always like, They never put the toppings all the way to the end of the crust. It's like, well, first of all, there's supposed to be a crust. Yeah. Now, I was never knowledgeable about that as a kid, but I actually really appreciate a crust now because the only reason you ever need to cover the end of the crust is if the crust isn't good enough to be eaten on its own. Yeah. And I could I would happily just eat just the dough. Oh yeah. Cooked up. Maybe like a little brush of garlic butter or whatever on it. It it's so good. It's so chewy, but it has that crisp exterior. Really, really strong start for these guys, these two at uh, Wildflower Pizza, and uh, I can't wait to see what they come up with next. They do have a couple of things that aren't pizza, literally three. They have a kale Caesar salad, a caprese salad, and uh, something they call Jenny from the Brock, which is roasted broccolis, date puree, salsa matcha, pickled red onions, balsamic reduction, fresh mint. And toasted sesame and sunflower seeds.
0: Wow, that sounds good.
1: Pickled red onions, balsamic reduction on any kind of roasted vegetable is absolute cool. game changer in my books. Yeah. So yeah, um, very happy to have have that. I haven't tried it, but now I want to because I didn't even know it existed. Because I would always go straight for the pizzas. I want this, and I want this, and I want this. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, and then you know their dips are just a little bit. It, it's like the typical dips you'd expect, but then. Just a little bit better. So they have a dill dill ranch, garlic herb, hot honey, Calabrian chili oil, truffle and mushroom aioli, sun-dried tomato pesto. Great dips, obviously elevated like everything else. So they're just putting so much care into it. It's really great to see that this is another one of those ones where it's like the... They're young chefs and restaurateurs and so to see that they're being successful in what they're doing and is getting such a good response, yeah, it's really really great to see. And welcome to the scene, Wildflower. Definitely, they've got a little bit of seating, but I would recommend just getting takeout and uh, crushing it when you get home, yeah. or in the car if you don't want to wait. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's good to hear that um, it does well in takeout because there's some places that don't kind of hold their quality. Sometimes you find that these places don't quite. Aren't as good with takeout versus like just eating it right in the restaurant, so that's awesome.
1: Well, they and, and they'll pack things differently for takeout mm-hmm. so that it lasts longer. Um, the things that come with fresh arugula, they'll put it in a bag on the side. So if you want to reheat it in your oven, when when you, then you can put the fresh arugula and still have that experience, right? So anything that would be cold or would wilt, or like their prosciutto, they'll put on the side, anything that won't hold up in transportation on the hot product they'll give to you separately in a cold bag Perfect. so that uh, you still get that full experience and the high quality um, contrast of those. And, and it obviously doesn't wilt. So Yeah. yeah, they do a really good job. It's obviously very well thought out. Excellent. So Wildflower is located on 2900 Bainbridge Ave unit 104 and like i said it's it's a little bit three or four unit kind of strip mall area right under the sky train line just off of low there excellent (laughs) well that about wraps it up for this leg of our journey
0: taste bc radio is recorded edited and produced by jeff wilson and me dan cavanaugh
1: you can continue the journey and check out everywhere we talked about today in the show notes and our taste bc map make sure to follow us on taste bc radio on instagram and facebook and we'd love to have you join our community on patreon links are in the show notes
0: Tune in next time to find out what we'll be tasting next, and never miss an episode by subscribing on your podcast app. In the meantime, make sure to rate and review the show. This really helps us grow, and we do really appreciate the feedback.
1: Until next time, support local and keep it it tasty.
0: tasty. Sorry, continue. Yeah, me? I kind of... No, it's freaking delicious. (laughs) (laughs) I kind of... I stepped over you there a little bit. Oh Oh, no, I'll fix it in a minute. No, thank you. Perfect. (laughs)